Hey, hey, you're listening to the Beyond the Dojo podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jeremiah. And we're on episode 26. And I actually got the episode right this time. I hope so. Well, you know, I did um, realize that today we published episode 25. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't totally lost. Anywho, um, today's episode's going to be fun because we're going to be talking about social media again, but not in the same way as the Keyboard Karateka episode. If you missed that episode, I don't remember what number it was. It was a little ways back. That one was pretty dope. Today we're going to talk about something slightly different, but we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with a random thought. Who goes first? Um, I'll go first since it's... Unless you already got it. You can go ahead. Okay. Oh, you want me to read the question to you? Oh, it's a response to a question. The question was asking uh, the impact that Machida had on traditional karate for fighting so much in the UFC and pride and all that. And, man, to be honest with you, I think he had a great impact. Uh, his skill level is J.K. Sandan, and, and, you know, his strengths were, were typical J.K. stuff. Great timing, great distance, mm-hmm. a heck of a punch. Yeah. Um, that while Shigeti, I mean, he knocked Homeboy out with one roundhouse to the jaw. So if you're going to make an argument that he lessened the art because of that, I think you might be looking at it in the wrong highlight yeah the question was did machida help karate by using it in the octagon back then or do many karate artists think this was detrimental to its legacy right absolutely and i agree with the guy that i think it actually helped karateka mm-hmm. it, it put it in a modern light you know mm-hmm. what i mean um mm-hmm. it, if you're looking at if you're a fan of the the mma and you, you look at it from a technical p- t- a standpoint which most guys do after a while after they get tired of all the the big hits and all they start to watch the distance and timing of things mm-hmm. they'll see that machida is amazing yeah absolutely amazing with that yeah. and that's that is representative of the jk shotokan style mm-hmm. um i think he did a a great service to our art yeah to kind of just uh Give a different lead, a different light to what what it is, and it can't be. Yeah, I, I wish that there were. It's like I, maybe I don't know enough, but well, I, I wish there were more practitioners who were deep rooted in a single right. traditional art like he is. Because right. like I feel like UFC attracts great fighters, but they don't get very deep into one specific art. It right. kind of bugs me, but right. Um, I'll I'll also say this: he redeemed a lot of these these Shotokan fighters, these traditional martial artists who mm-hmm. thought that uh, coming from a a point sparring, you know, or even the old school full contact kind of JKA sparring, they, they couldn't translate to the MMA. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they weren't able to do the knockouts. Their timing was off. Their distancing was off. And a good grappler was just tearing apart. Got to remember back in the 90s, dude, grapplers were just tearing these fighters apart. Aren't they still doing that? Uh, they are in a way, but the, the strikers are definitely more keen to what they need to do. Yeah. And to make themselves effective. To not um, to avoid being on the ground. Right. So I, I almost want to say that, I dare to say that it, the MMA exposed the poor mechanics of Kratika. Okay. In the sense that they, they were, it was achieving a goal for their, it, it was kind of like MMA. They, they trained to get good at sparring in, in competition, mm-hmm. which didn't allow grabbing and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And now they're fighting someone that can. Mm-hmm. So when their body's out of position and they score yakuzuki and and they get a, a ipon for it in the in the cage, they did that same exact move. They got their arm dislocated and put into an armbar almost immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like oh, so game completely changed, and it exposed the karateka of that time as 
great competitors, but not having a depth of uh, depth of knowledge. Okay. Um, so I think when Machida came around and kind of was very simple about how his, his style is, he's not elaborate. He's not you know this amazing you know um, Anthony Pettis kind of fighter where it's showtime all the time. He's not that at all, but mm-hmm. he is a solid fighter, and you can't deny that. So. A true fan would would see that he's he's uh I would think he's legit you know yeah and plus what he was he was division um, champion right his no weight idea. class he was world champion his weight class he held the, he held the belt for like one or two fights the most I ever followed MMA was actually back like ten years ago before there was a female um, division in UFC and there was other MMA um, organizations that were still more popular I don't remember the name but there used to be like one division that was like a lot of women and we used to watch that on regular antenna tv because yeah. we didn't have yeah. cable <laughs> you know what's funny is uh somebody sent me a live stream of machita teaching a class the other day yeah. there's a simple class he's just talking about like um yodiashi and stuff and holy shorts batman yeah yeah i'm not used to seeing that <laughs> yeah well you know i didn't get to watch the class very long but uh his cut is very nice yeah his stylistic ch- choices might not be but his cut is nice yeah so um so my random thought is um i don't know maybe this is just me and like a mental struggle that i have or like a lack of confidence that i have but i constantly feel like there like i have this need to defend shotokan and our methods in shotokan to Mm. people from outside the art when people come in and they're they have a different martial arts background or they Mm. have some other kind of fighting background or they have a preconceived notion of what martial arts is supposed to be or what karate is supposed to be Mm. i always feel like i I don't know not like it's my job to defend but like i i feel compelled to defend our methods and like i've gotten better about not doing that but Uh, i always feel like that dude how much of it's provoked though like through training with somebody or talking with them, like and, what from people talking smack? And- well, not talking smack, but you get you know, you know. I'm a, I'm gonna use the word. I'm gonna use the example of racism. Mm-hmm. Someone can be racist and not be blatantly racist. Mm-hmm. You know, just by the way they say things or the word for it and phrases, you kind of know. It's like. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So in karate, it happens a lot too, where they people are talking crap about karate without. Yeah, they're talking it. crap about it, but they're not saying it outright. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they start then, asking questions. Yeah, and, and the last question is to disprove, not to learn. Yeah. Um, and then they, and when you train with them in partners, they they try to like by all means possible show that they are superior. Yeah. You know, even if they miss the drill completely. Yeah. So. I think what's so frustrating is like, and I, I think I mentioned this before about like, okay, if, if it's kids and their parents or their dads are like watching them train, they're going through super basic karate things, methods, and they're also kids, so they have kind of a different path than some adults will be just because of their their needs and their development or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some ways, I feel compelled to like justify what they're doing to their parents. Mm. So that kind of bugs me. Or then people who are more advanced or who are older and they watch what we're doing as like not necessarily like you and I but maybe some of our more advanced students like what they're doing and they're like trying to ask these questions about like why are they training that way or why don't you do this or you know when are we going to spar like you know whatever and we're trying to explain that like we have a a system that we're going through not for the sake of having a system but for the sake of development for our karateka so they don't end up you know with really bad habits or 
have really bad skill. You or know, even it takes, have bad injuries. Yeah, or have bad injuries. You know, like we we're following a certain method simply because yeah. we're trying to create karateka that not only can last a long time, so they have a lot of longevity, but they're also really really skilled. That takes a long time. It's so hard to explain that to people who aren't like saturated in it like we are and i guess i don't really have to explain it but i like feel like i i need to Mm. and i I have a hard time getting away from that yeah yeah so when it comes when it comes to kids i usually just you know (sighs) it's not quite as hard with kids and parents it's harder whenever it's adults or like more advanced people from other backgrounds yeah well it all depends on the student too i mean i'm not beyond jerking someone around yeah I am not beyond it at all. I'm not going to hurt the person, but at the same time, if they question what I'm doing, I'm going to show you the the strength and weak and weaknesses of the technique because they it's only yeah. fair. And see, like with me, I feel like it's harder for me to do that. Like I can have, like I, I don't have the the strength or intimidation that mm. a lot of the guys in the dojo have, so mm. they're able to easily defend their methods. For me, it's like I have to be able to to perform with utmost technical precision to be able to show some kind of advantage you know Mm. other than it looking pretty you know i want it to actually be effective if i'm going to be demonstrating or something so i I don't know there's so many complex things that happens with that but Mm. it it gets frustrating so if you feel the same way send us a message and let me know that i'm not alone (laughs) okay so today's topic is a list of rules today's podcast is going to be rules of social media etiquette or karateka. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, since a lot of us are on online right now, most of the world still being in quarantine and everything else, mm-hmm. majority of y'all still training with Zoom. I think there's some things we got to understand. Yeah. You know? Um, and there's a whole lot of, you know, I think the, what the fun, one of the funniest things whenever we first went into quarantine was like so many more people were on social media so much more often. So you're seeing more and more of like the good and the bad, but right. you know particularly the bad well no that's just because they stick out more social media brings out the worst in everybody yeah okay who's reading the first one you got it okay number one don't let your only posts on social media be you showing off so what i mean by that is don't let every video you put up or every thing you type well let's just make it every article you make listen it's this simple. If you can't add to the conversation, then don't don't get involved in the well, no, sense. No, this is this is we're taking way steps back. We're talking about your own posts on your oh, own wow. page. Okay. So we're, this is like a separate rule. Yeah. Okay. So whenever so whenever I'm friends with someone on Facebook, and all they do is put up posts sharing their own stuff. Yeah. See, the problem is is like. You want people to be successful. And right. Facebook is a, and, and social media and, and Instagram is a great way to promote yourself. So it's like, eh, this yeah. one's a little tricky. But if the only thing you're doing is self-promoting and you're not bringing something valuable for other people, then it's like, eh, yeah. who really cares? Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's your own page, so you can do what you want. But right. sometimes people don't take you seriously. Well, you had a key point there. You said it's your own page, do what you want. Sure, yeah. But if you're going to be on, on someone else's group page or anything else, yeah, I mean... You know, don't be a salesman. Yeah. So that one's kind of a like a like touch and go rule. Yeah. Number two is the hard one. You want to read number two? Number two says, don't self-promote in the comments. Stick to the topic. Oh, wow. 
By that we mean is when you a question is asked and you're commenting or talking or discussing the question, and you know you're talking either mechanics or strategy or or um, advantage, tactical advantage, and, and stuff like that. Don't refer to oh when I was. Ten years ago, we did this or we did that, and oh, I've already done that. I've already yeah, I've that. already done that kind of thing. Or oh, you're just a beginner. <clears throat> we don't need to talk about that because I right. already know it. Right, and to me, that it's oh, arrogant. Oh, it's so arrogant and so just. I mean, counterproductive. If we're if we're trying to use social media as I feel like it's tended to to promote a networking of like minded people mm-hmm. to enhance real life. Mm-hmm then we should act as if we're in the same room as them. Yeah. Speaking to them eye to eye. Yeah. No. Well, you know, it's like, okay, if someone is, is, is making a post and they have a conversation going about a particular karate topic, I think, for you know, in some cases, you are going to have a story that relates. You're like, oh, hey, this one time, this happened to me. But it's like, people notice if it's a pattern with you. They notice if the only thing you're doing is going on yeah, people's referring posts and back commenting. To yourself, yeah. yeah, and always making it about you. Yeah. Sometimes, it's a, like if a person is posting up something asking for feedback about themselves or their idea, why would you make it about you? Right. Make it about them. Right. You know, it's just... Simple rules of etiquette. Yeah. That's, I mean, you would do that in rules of engagement in a sense. I yeah. mean, think of it that way. It, yeah. it, it's a rule of engagement, you know. Yeah. Stay on topic. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the, um, you know, you walk up to a couple guys having a conversation about what they caught yesterday, and you're always like, "Oh, well, I went fishing last year and I caught a bass, and it was 15 pounds. It was amazing." And you just that's every every time you contribute to a conversation. Yeah, it's the same fish story over and over again. Or uh, some variation. Variation of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's annoying, guys. Stop doing it. Yeah. Number three is... Okay. Get warmed up for this one. All right. Number three is don't spam another person's martial arts Facebook group with self-promotions. I almost just cussed right there. Don't do that. (laughs) If you want to promote yourself, create the page yourself. (laughs) Indeed. and, and, And do that for yourself. Now... If you're invited to a page or they ask you to share your information, mm-hmm. that's a whole different story. Yeah. But to make your post the commercial of the of the <laughs> like Facebook the, page the or advertisement. The advertisement where just every like every other post <laughs> is an advertisement, I hate to do it. You're killing not on yourself but the page also. And honestly, like I don't, I mean I don't. Maybe I don't. I, don't, I guess I don't speak for everyone. If the only thing you're contributing to a group that's supposed to be like a discussion-based group, unless it's specifically for self-promotion, yeah. And if the only thing that you're posting is crap about yourself or whatever you did this week or the kata that you did after your Zoom class the other day or whatever stupid idea you have, then <laughs> people are not going to take you seriously. Mm. I mean, I I guess it's different if you like share something every now and then. That's one thing that kind of goes back to some of the same ideas we were just talking about. But if the only thing you have to contribute is what you have to say, it makes it seem like you don't actually have anything to contribute. It makes like you're just it makes it sound like you're just trying to show off. Yeah. Um maybe so, try to share other people's stuff sometimes. So on the flip side of that, if you do share something, don't get offended if someone tells you you suck. Yep. Don't get offended if they disagree with you. Yep. Accept it. Look at it from their their perspective. Okay, if that's a legitimate argument, then accept it. Mm -hmm. They have that right. 
You opened yourself up. You mm-hmm. put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. No, that is like a binding thing. If you put yourself out there, people are going to say stuff. Yeah, and you know what? Okay, so let me backtrack a little bit. <laughs> I'm not saying don't post your own stuff in 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 your in any groups. Like right. I post, I've posted my own stuff. Well, in a group that I run, but. You know, I don't see a problem with posting your own stuff in people's groups sometimes. The problem is when it's extremely frequent yeah. and you're not sharing anybody else's stuff. Right. And especially if you're not only sharing your own stuff, but it's your own stuff that doesn't actually help anybody else. You can right. call it like motivation and I I can even I can even to a point see that. I can even see you trying to motivate other people. That's fine. How many times do you have to motivate somebody else? Right. <laughs> How I mean. many times do you have to post the same thing? Anyway, okay, so stop doing that. And, yeah, it's very annoying. And this, I know lots and lots of people that do that. So, anyway. Um, you want to read number four? Number four. Be polite. Don't belittle, belittle other people's ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to translate that the good Southern speak so y'all Southern boys can understand me. Mm-hmm. If you ain't going to say it in front of them, don't say it. If you ain't going to be ballsy enough to say what you have on your mind dead in front of that person mm-hmm. and be willing to take that consequence in that moment, yeah. don't say it. So this is kind of similar to the keyboard karateka oh, argument yeah, that dude. we had. Have, have but a this is just kind of like the rule in stone, just so you know. This is now a rule. <laughs> don't be like that. I mean, okay, so even if someone is posting stuff and maybe you don't agree with it or you think they're way off base or whatever... You can have a productive conversation and not be a flipping jerk the whole time. You can just point out maybe some flaws, or especially if they asked for it. You can point out some things that are wrong with it. You don't have to be a jerk about it. Right. Here's an option when you get to that point and you feel like you have to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Remind yourself to agree to disagree. Yeah. Just be like, you know what? Hey, you know what? I disagree with you, but I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that shows that you have confidence in your information and your ability mm-hmm. um when you argue with someone and you try to make them change their mind all it shows is that your insecurities and your lack of knowledge mm-hmm. so yeah. trying to manipulate people with your comments is ridiculous yeah keyboard karateka. dude going and um, you know some people man, have nothing positive to say i mean I, sometimes we have nothing positive to say on this podcast right <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say we don't have very much well, at least we're not po- commenting underneath underneath other people's hey, karate posts this, and saying negative things man <clears throat> to me it, it, it's the whole like if you're not I mean granny used to say if you ain't got nothing nice to, nice to say don't say anything at all mm-hmm. you know and I always thought it was just to oh that's how you're supposed to do it I think she was just trying to keep me from getting ass whoopings mm-hmm. you know yeah keep your mouth shut before you realize you know you, you stick your foot in it mm-hmm. and I wish some people would think about what they say even if they're felt strong about it, if they would just reword it and have it a more don't attack the person. Right. Who don't is be so aggressive in your comments. Yeah. Try to be in in a position where you're you're sharing your ideas, not preaching them down. Yeah. You know, I, I think what's important to realize is like, guys, it's a martial art. Yeah. Like, it's just some crap that we. It's like the sporty thing that we all do. You shouldn't be attacking someone's character unless they're doing something that is like bad character which right. I even still you wouldn't attack their character they're showing how bad of a person they are anyway right. but whenever you're having a discussion with someone have a discussion with that person or 
about that person's karate, not about the person. Right. Make it about the topic. Yes, about the I mean, topic. Some of y'all not need to go to debate class and realize how yes. to argue in a a you know polite and politically correct way. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Some of y'all, the first time you hear something that contradicts your ideas, you're just attacking the person. Yeah. And how are we supposed to develop as karate guy if, if we have all these karate groups where all this crap is being shared and there are so many ideas that are not even close to the same, how are we supposed to continue to develop this art that is now looking like it's running a hundred million different directions and like it's getting more watered down than ever? How are we supposed to start honing that back in and getting more advanced and better at what we're doing and more scientifically sound unless we have conversations where we're not tearing each other apart? Instead, we're looking at the facts. We're looking at the actual presentation at the art and trying to tear that apart and rebuild it and make that better. How are we ever supposed to advance anywhere if all we're doing is attacking each other? We're letting outside culture affect us as karate people. We're supposed to be above that. Right. That's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's that whole, people talk about, I'm a budoka. I'm a warrior. I have the warrior mindset and they misunderstand the the eastern meaning or understanding of what a warrior mindset is compared to the western understanding is completely different. Yeah, it's not an aggressive jerk. It's not an aggressive alpha male in the eastern world. A warrior is someone who has high intelligence, who's reserved and very calm. Mm-hmm. You know, a warrior in the Eastern our Eastern culture is more like a general in our yeah. Western culture. Yeah. You know, most people think they're it's the the crazy snipers and the, the green berets. That's not how uh, Asians people see a warrior. A warrior yeah. is someone who has the ability, but also has to develop past that. So. It has better. It's ridiculous. M- emotional intelligence and cognitive control all right uh let's see here number five don't this is just like a list of don'ts except for like the (laughs) last one oh yeah it is that's a don't too okay another don't don't name drop all the time so like we get that some people trained with fancy pants people and that's great and all um but eventually you know especially if you're starting to make arguments on facebook the assumption would be that you're big enough for your britches that you can defend yourself through your own knowledge or through some kind of scientific foundation. Granted, it's okay to make that appeal to authority sometimes and sometimes it's necessary, but like when you make it every single time you make a comment or every single time you argue with anybody or post up a video. Let's be real too. There's only so many ways you can move your body. Yeah. So if you want to claim something as your own original thought, Again, that's just smoke and mirrors. I mean, it's it's not really possible to say that, you know. So, that being said, to make it about the guy that you learned it from, and as that is the end all, be all kind of thing, you look kind of stupid. I didn't follow the train of thought. I didn't either. <laughs> sorry. I think you're mixing up two. Of yeah, I'm mixing up two. Of them. I'm sorry. Uh, no name drop, yeah? I said stop name dropping all the time. Stop name dropping all the time. Oh, only in the situations that it, um, that's necessary. So if someone is unique in their approach, unique in what they do, mm-hmm. I think it's necessary to say, um, I learned this from. Mm-hmm. And then explain what you understood from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to say, you know. Some people's entire legacy is built off of who names. they trained with. Yeah. What's that a shame is though. <laughs> the same as that well. their, their lineage is based on what maybe a couple seminars together oh my gosh 
Yes. That's when that people kills me. say I have I'm not naming names. I have people very close to me who said, Well, I trained with Nakayama. You trained with Nakayama one time. That does not count. <laughs> no freaking way. You cannot you can't go to a seminar and act like they were your teacher or they're part of your lineage. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. I mean Again, name droppers. And this, this like obsession with lineage is a whole other issue, but yeah. regardless. Okay, the last one that you were thinking that we were talking about. You want to read it? Yeah. Don't plagiarize other martial arts ideas. Okay. When you post up stuff, like there's not a lot of... When there's very unique... Um, Martial arts stamps mm-hmm. on different. Uh, sorry, my back was hurting. On different instructors, mm-hmm. and I mean everybody knows who Asai is and his stamp mm-hmm. in a sense, mm-hmm. right? So if anybody were to come around and say, "Oh, I created the shoulder snap whip thing that he's known for, where he snaps his shoulder and his arms like a whip," mm-hmm. um, is absolutely ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The problem I have is. The lesser known senses. Mm-hmm. You know? <sighs> but truly just unique in themselves, right? Mm-hmm. There's still people trying to steal off of them. Mm-hmm. And then create, as passing on as if they, that's their knowledge. What's funny is that when, when someone, regardless of whether or not it's like the most effective or efficient technique, you'll see people who are fairly original in their approach and they'll yeah. put out ideas. Right. It is very obvious when someone else tries to take their idea and pass it off as their own or incorporate it into their karate. I, I get the idea of like taking other people's ideas and trying to apply them. That's fine. But when you're teaching that or passing it off at a seminar or in a video on social media like it's your own, a lot of times you can watch the person who's trying to pass it off. You can watch their mechanics and there's something like off. Like yeah. it, it doesn't look like it's a natural movement. Right. Or they're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's not uniquely theirs. Yeah, they, you could tell that. I mean, how many of y'all know watching, you know, watching students learn a new kata? You know, the first thing you got to do is make sure it's uniquely theirs. They can do the kata without thinking about the next move. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So if that's exactly the same. To me, but... that's to me is almost the same. Yeah, being able to memorize and be able to do the technique. Yeah, is one thing. But if you're thinking about the next move every time, you're not really. It's not yours. The other thing that's funny is when someone tries to copy something taught by a high-level instructor and they just, like, can't do it. Like, they completely miss the point of what it was they were trying to teach originally. And you can see this in different videos side-by-side of, like, original instructors teaching a concept and then someone else trying to copy it. They not only miss the point what the original instructor was trying to say, but they can't even do the fundamental mechanics correctly to make it effective. So it's like, okay. They'll pick up on the bad habits. Yeah. In improper movement. Yeah. And think that is the thing. Yeah. I know for a fact there's Mm -hmm. a certain shift move that um, a teacher of ours does Mm -hmm. where his rear foot slides up. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people try to emulate that slide Mm -hmm. and i've seen people try to emulate his wrist twitch Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's like there's quirky stuff that different instructors will do and you will watch people who are trying to emulate them 
they will emulate the quirks before they emulate the proper mechanics right. in a lot of cases. Right. That's if they used, ever emulate the proper mechanics, and a lot generally of times, they get caught up in the quirks. A lot of times, those are the people who are trying to take new ideas from the other instructors and pass right, them off pass as their own. Pass them as theirs, and there's yeah. no way. Yeah. Yeah. So. Also, not even to consider the fact that even though there's like not a legal system for this, you're not only a freaking liar, you're plagiarizing someone else's time and work. Right. That's bullcrap. What kind of karate person steals from someone else? The whole idea of being a karate guy is to be morally, you know, somewhat sound and actually be true to the whole path of it. Even if, you know, even if you get off off and, and what you're training isn't necessarily correct, at least you're trying to do something that's yours. Yeah. But if you're going to do somebody else's, give them credit. Credit, yeah, absolutely. Not like name dropping, like legit give them credit. Like, hey, I got this from this person. This is my take on it. Or, hey, I got this from this person. Right. This is me trying to show it. No that's, one is going to think less of you for doing that. That's normal in the rest of the world. In everything else, every facet in the world. Also, a great way world. to get sued if you don't right. do it. Exactly. But in Karateka, it acts like it's this big, down, shameful thing to actually give credit to someone who's who made the breakthrough. I think that people on social media just think that it's a social norm to just steal from other people and that they don't have to give them credit because, oh, they're probably never going to see it. That's crap. That's crap. Someone is going to see it, and someone's going to eventually point out, hey, that looks like something that somebody else I know did, but you're not doing it the way that they did it. Right. Yeah. People see when you lie and you steal, and they don't take you seriously. So, quit it. That's probably why you have to put on so many ads on Facebook. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> Just going to put it out there. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> You wouldn't have to self-promote so much if you would spend legitimate time working on your own art and focusing on yourself rather than trying to show yourself off to other people. I think there's so much of like some kind of like insecurity or little man complex in these people and some of these people that post on social media, you know, and like I get that sometimes we post stuff on social media too and I mean I guess sometimes we'll we'll be insecure about things. We mostly make those mistakes in class. We don't usually make them on social media. But like I don't know. I, I just, you know, don't, don't don't try to be perfect. Just be you. Work on getting better. And then if you're going to post on social media, ask for feedback or expect it or, you know, whatever. Like, be be clear about your be, intentions. Be an adult about it. I mean, you know, don't get your feelings hurt and start crying to mama. <sighs> yeah. Grow up. Yep. Stop stealing. Stop stealing. Jerks. Stop! Stop trying to sell yourself like a. Stop trying to pimp yourself. Exactly. What, that is exactly what stop it is. Stop trying to, to pimp yourself, yo. You look like a cheap street whore. <laughs> okay, so what you working on? Uh, wow. So, I had a little bit of a breakthrough. I feel like I feel like um, for a while I, I wasn't able to to kind of brace myself in a sense of keeping the upper body, lower body connected, and I feel like I made a good good move on that part where i was able to kind of engage my lower body a little bit not my lower body my lower abdomen and pelvic girdle area to to keep me solid and not hinge or move a little bit as i start to move like forward wiggle your uh, well and hips, that's what it, I was it was basically i was losing my um level hips mm-hmm. i was i was losing that alignment hip shoulder alignment mm-hmm. kind of thing and it was causing me to to dominate my arm movements through my shoulder so just by changing the angle of it, it just it tends to be natural to go that way. But if you were to keep your hips level, it's, it feels more natural to keep keep the elbow down, not engage the shoulder. So mm-hmm. um, to me, that's a big deal. Now can I re- 
can I perform it every time? No, but it, it do got the feeling imprinted in my mind. So yeah. that's a good thing. Okay. How about you? Um, so I, I did go back to working on Stoichian again and, um, I, there's, I think I may have mentioned this before. There's something about the stance or transitioning in the stance that I'm not doing correctly. And it's, it's hurting my left knee. Like today, both my knees hurt. And I think it's partially from training this morning and then be on my feet all day, cleaning the house and stuff. But, um, something is not, I'm not doing something right. And it's kind of hurting me. So I know that like I have fairly flexible joints. So there's a good chance that I'm just like torquing that knee out too far. especially when I'm trying to like rotate my hips and whatnot. So um, actually Jeremiah pointed out a couple things to me this morning that I tried to work on and uh, by the time he pointed it out I was already hurting so I don't actually know if it's going to work yet I'm going to try it again tomorrow but basically trying to make that stance not hurt no other stances hurt my knees like, mm. like front stance, back stance you know, such um, sanchin dachi or mm. you know whatever, N- nothing else hurts me um, except for you know this one but that might just be from lots of repetition of you know whatever yeah yeah, you do tend it's a to really it. weird stance, man. Dude, it's so you, weird. You tend to overrep things. Well, you know, I'm trying to fix it, and I like, you know, sometimes I feel like I don't do it enough, but then right. again, I do it too much, and then I get hurt. So whatever. Like, little hint: if it starts to hurt, well, stop doing that. I did take a number of weeks off from doing Sochin Dodge or from doing Sochin and doing Fudodach, just so that my knees could rest. And then I tried it again today, and it was kind of bugging me. But you know, anyhow, I'll. Uh, try to adjust some stuff and see mm-hmm. how it goes so i'll try to kind of get that feeling to keep it so to see what's up yeah i just know that when i got that engagement my posture seems to be so much better mm-hmm. i'm able to move my kicks easier yeah so yeah anything that makes that easier it's got to be right yeah so okay well have a wonderful week thanks for listening yo thanks for listening we will talk to you next time adios adios